And you're good to go? Yep. Excellent. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And before we get started on today's topic, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to whichever channel you're listening or watching from. And of course, this is new for season two. I do. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the self-esteem doctor. The wonderful Dr. Simone Alicia is uh, has there's this great online platform. Uh, they call it the Self-Esteem Doctor Academy. So if you want to you know, develop that self-confidence, that confidence, self-boosting uh, your children and even adults as well. She is wonderful. She has great programs. So she'll work with uh, teens. She'll work with younger children and she works with adults as well to, to work on that self-esteem, that confidence. And uh, she does amazing work. So I will add the link uh, to her academy, online academy uh, with this episode. Make sure to check that out. And today I have an amazing guest and I saw... I, I I know I say this often, uh, but I absolutely love a Claudette. We have Claudette Kane plus with us today, and I hope I pronounced that one right, Claudette. It's good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> She is fun. Okay, good. She is an amazing woman, and I will let her introduce herself because uh, she has uh, quite the story, and I, I wanted to share that with uh, with everybody today. So thank you so much, Claudette, for joining me today. Well, Danielle, thanks for thinking of me and inviting me. I've been watching you and following you, and uh, you're doing some amazing work. So bravo to you, and thank, thank you again you. for... Um, for inviting me. But my story is not all that different than many of women. Um, I was the oldest of seven children and um, I was married, believe it or not, at 17 years old. Oh, Nobody wow. told me don't do this. <laughs> I was married for 40 years. My wow. husband passed and then um, 11 years ago I remarried and um, in between, uh, you know, throughout my life, I'd have several health issues, um, not the least of which was uh, three episodes of uh, mental illness. And that was in my 20s. So, but I, I bounced back. I wrote a book and I've had four successful careers. So I did 20 years in uh, municipal politics. That's where the rubber hits the road, right? It affects everything. <laughs> so I loved, I loved, that was my dream job. Um, I've owned uh, three private companies, two retail and one communications. I was on the bench for the Ontario Court of Justice for 17 years. And, and I did a, a three-year thing, I call it a gig, in the media. It was so much fun because I was always on this side of the mic. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the other side of the mic and I'm on television. I had my own radio program, my own television program. And I wrote a column for the Ottawa Sun all at the same time. And that, I have to say, was so much fun. I was scared to death at first. <laughs> But, but, you know, I like yakking and talking with people and um, it, was, it was a great time. Yeah. 
Oh, that's amazing. And I've learned some new stuff about you today because I knew about the politics and I knew about uh, some of the, the businesses, but I didn't know about that. That's amazing. And that's what I that's what I love uh, having you on because you have that fire. And like you said, in the politics, uh, you have to have that fire, especially in as, my belly, uh, as a woman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'd like to elaborate on that. And it doesn't just go for politics, because we know women in politics already have uh, challenges that uh, nobody will necessarily talk about. But any women in a a leadership position often faces roadblocks that you wouldn't think uh, we would. But uh, can you kind of share with with your experiences what some of those challenges are that women are facing either in politics or in any position of leadership uh, that nobody is talking about? Yeah, we don't like to admit it, but uh, reality is we're still living in a man's world. And we have to recognize that and not uh, let us, let it um, stunt our growth, if you will. Not let it um, get in the way of our goals and our our hopes and dreams. We just got to get on and do our thing and, and prepare, but... You know, um, people need people. And and women need the support of other women. And sometimes it's challenging to, to get women on board with you and, and believe that what you're trying to do is authentic and it's real and it really can help people. And um, what that support can do is um, help us become the best version of ourselves and and help us realize that uh, we can reach our goals. And then I think the third challenge is, I call it taking care of self. Self-confidence, self-esteem, self-love, self-care. They all impact um, our lives and they all impact what, what we want to accomplish. And we tend to have it all together when we're helping others, right? It does something right. to our mindset, to our psyche. So if if we're self-confident and we're looking after our body and our mind, emotionally, physically, spiritually, then we're equipped to help others and the challenges become much less. And um, we can apply those um, self-care components to any section of our lives whatsoever, and it will just help us in the long run. Yeah. Right. So we got oh, challenges, yeah. and- but, you know, I used to be six feet tall, and now I'm four feet tall, and I'm still going. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> yeah, and you're right, we, we kind of... Um neglect ourselves i think when we're in that position where we just want to help everybody but we forget that we need to take that breath once in a while so i think it's important to mention that it's okay to um to take that time to tune in and make sure everything is is in order so that's good yeah now you mentioned your book earlier and i do and you know helping out others is there um you know, was there a defining moment where you knew that uh, you wanted to help others by sharing your experiences? Yeah. Well, um, you know, our stories can sometimes resonate with people, and that's the hope that uh, your story will will even help one person. 
And um, for me, I was in a public office. And so I learned very quickly that helping others with their day-to-day um, affairs and issues was very important. And it made a difference in people's lives and people's families. And um, so I worked hard at t- delivering the, the best service I could. And there have been many opportunities for me to help um, to help others by sharing some of my stories and some of my experiences. And I've tried to recognize those opportunities and take advantage of them and try to help. Um, either with uh, one-on-one coaching, uh, speaking, or even when I was in the media, you can help <clears throat> Even if you're acting a fool on on television, talking with people, you can help. You know, humor does a lot of good things. Laughing does a lot of good things. Nothing better than belly laughs, right? But all those careers that I've had, I've interacted with people. And my realization um, of the need to help people progressed with each of my careers. You know, I was on the bench for 17 years, and when my colleagues would talk about people that were appearing before them had mental illness, and they didn't understand it, they didn't know about it, and what did Claudette have to do? Zip it up, because there's such a stigma about mental illness Mm -hmm. that it's, it's awful. Like, my episodes, and I've called them episodes, they were downright breakdown, mental uh, mental breakdowns. And that was back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So you really didn't talk about it in the 70s. Right. But, you know, all through my political career, I did mention it once. And I, that was a precautionary measure so that my opponent wouldn't try and um, use it in a negative way. Instead, I gave an interview that was positive and I received um, positive comments from people who were diagnosed clinically depressed and um, who said that the article helped them. So that was the only time I ever mentioned it. So, And I wouldn't dare mention it when I was on the bench. But I, I retired from the bench for the one and only reason to be able to tell my story, particularly about mental health, and let people know that they're not alone. You don't have to die from being depressed. There's help out there, there's support out there, and there's a lot of people who care. And um, so if anyone, um, you know, feels, has blue days, black days, reach out it's hard it's really hard to it i i uh, compared it to my body being in quicksand and my hands trying and trying to get out of that quicksand before my head got in it and yeah uh, that's how difficult it can be for people and when you hear about the suicide rates and just on the news last night there about 
people around the world who have committed suicide because someone um, had the bright idea to, to encourage people to commit suicide. I mean, it's just, it breaks my heart. So yeah. there have been many defining moments, but when I decided on December 31st, 2019, that that was it, the world was going to know that um, I had been sick, really sick, and I was still able to have four successful careers. Hopefully that will help people. That's incredible. And you're right. It's still something that people are afraid to talk about. I think conversations are starting now, but it's still not enough for somebody who goes through it. You really feel alone. You feel like you're the only one. And you question yourself, like, what's wrong with me? You know, you're not, you're not looking at all the outside factors. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that analogy of the quicksand because that's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's an awful feeling, Danielle. It's an awful feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's very scary. Well, yeah. Can you, um, can you share with us a little bit what the warning signs that could tell us that we should be focusing on our mental health before we get to, uh, to a breakdown? Yeah, well, um, you know, I can only speak of my experience. I'm not a doctor, but mm -hmm. over these past 40, 50 years, it's 50 years now, actually, since I was sick, um, you pick up, I can't put MD behind my name. I can't put psychiatrist behind my name. Right. But I can tell you, if I'm in a room for a bunch of people, I can spot the persons who's are, who are mm. depressed. It's not hard, you know. And particularly when I was in court, um, I could I could tell when someone was um, ill or just having sad days, you know, and mm -hmm. confused about what was going on in the justice system around them. So I would just stop the proceedings and I would just talk to that person and look straight in their eye and let them know that there was somebody who understood here what they were going through, you know, right. that's the worst thing. Like you think, even though I, I, when I was sick, I looked like, like this, I looked quite normal. Well, if you think mm -hmm. I'm normal looking now, but you are, you are. <laughs> but inside I was crying. I was bleeding. I was hurting, you know, but I'd still walk on the street and nobody would know the difference. My face was the same. It wasn't filled with pimples or sores or band-aids or anything like that. But, yeah. and, and so the first time I had no idea what was going on. Like I was 23, 24 years old. Yeah. I was 23, so I I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know if I had brain damage or if I was, what was going on. So I was very scared. And um, I recall some of the things that I did was I detached. I detached from friends and isolated myself. I didn't want to go out of the house. And after a while, I didn't want to get out of bed. I just wanted to put the covers over my head and, and stay there and let nobody bother me. Um, I didn't want to um, look after my personal hygiene. Mm. I didn't want any self-care plan was out of the question. And I now I can identify it, but then I didn't. I was mindless eating. Oh. So, like I eat stuff I don't even like. Mm -hmm. Just 
for something to do because I thought, well, people see me, I'm doing something normal. I'm eating. They, they'll think I'm just fine. But those are, those are some of the things that happened to me. Um, and three times, uh, like I said, three times before the age of 25. And some of the warning signs that things were getting off the rails was, um, I was, I call it the over syndrome, overreacting, <laughs> overeating, overworking, um, and just shuffling paper, not accomplishing anything here at that age. Okay. You know, I was so young. I'd hide from people. And um, I did or at least people thought I was multitasking. Okay. But many of us, women especially, we multitask every day. Exactly. And, but we've got to watch ourselves with that because burnout happens, um, <laughs> resentment happens, and uh, we say, whoa, stop the train, I want to get off. You know, and yeah. if we're if we're cognizant enough to say that and to do that and to get off the train, then there's less chance of the depression becoming clinical. And um, I used to have a lot of pity parties. That's what happens, right? You have um, you think that uh, nobody cares, nobody loves you, nobody knows what you're going through, and they don't. They don't. But that's not their fault. You know, we just have to continue to to realize to raise awareness of mental health issues, and um, and realize that we're not alone. We're not alone. So the, there's a lot of warning signs, and mm -hmm. isolation is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. People. Yeah. We uh, we all have our days where we don't really want to talk to people, but in, at that level, it's like you said, yeah. you just you just, yeah. just want to crawl in an area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once it becomes yeah. critical, yeah. It's it's hard to get out of that. Yeah. No. I yeah. And it's okay to seek help. That's the I think that's right. the message that needs to be out there is uh, yeah, you're not alone and could definitely seek help. There's people that, that can help you through that. So I think that's wonderful. I'm I was I work with children mostly, so I always like to turn this into there's so many things that we are not taught as children that when we go through hardships later on, that we, we, we kind of float through it and try to survive and then think, you know, I wish I would have known this sooner. Um, is there anything that you think uh, should be taught at an early age to be able to, to help younger kids face these challenges and recognize these signs before they get to, uh, to a point of no return? Yeah, there's certainly, and, and it's a. I look at it as an opportunity for mm -hmm. us as adults, for parents, and I, I think the first thing I would say is when you're talking to a child, don't be standing up. Mm -hmm. Get down to the child's level. Sit on the floor if that's what the child is, and yeah. kneel on your knees. Just don't become someone looking down on a child. Right away, that will have a negative impact on um, on the child, and more than likely, they won't even like what you're. They won't even care what you're saying. <laughs> but some of we have a lot of important things we can say to children, and and I guess the first one is to let them know that 
they are enough. Mm. They don't have to be rock stars. They don't have to go to the moon. Whatever it is they want to do right today is okay. It's enough. You know, they don't have to try and prove prove their worth to anyone. And I guess the other thing is let them know through your actions, through your words, through your teachings, that they matter. Children's views, children's chatter matters. And they might come out with something, you know, they say the words out of the babes of a child and they make you laugh. Yeah, they make you laugh, but listen to the story that behind it, you know? That's right. And so they need to know that what they are saying and what they care about and what they value are all very, very important. And um, we've got to let them know that they can be anything they want to be and they can do anything they want to do. And, you know, I somewhere in my book, I write that, um, and I, I use women because it's in my book, but it's, about women, but it can apply to a child, to a man, a woman, is that a a person who falls off a cliff and who has got their wits about them builds an airplane on the way down. Oh, wow. They don't fall on their heads. So we've got to let children know that they can do that too, you know, Mm -hmm. and let them know that you're there and I'm there for them to ask help for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Whether you're a child, a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, a, a professional CEO, yeah. you can ask for help. It's okay. And I think that's something very critical to let them know. Because otherwise, what happens? Eh? They put their hands behind their back or heads down. And, and they don't respond to you. They don't relate to you at all if you don't let them know that they can ask a question or they can give their views to see if they're on the right track. And um, the other thing, the last thing I'm going to say is that they can learn from others and, and they should emulate their heroes. Mm-hmm. Share what they've learned. You know, I like Harry Potter. So what have you learned about Harry Potter? You know? And, I like that. And you learn something and you emulate. You know, I had a mentor for 20 years, and she's the late mayor of Mississauga, the one and only mm-hmm. Hazel McCallion, who died at 101. Wow. And whatever she did, whatever she told me, I did. <laughs> And, and I, I even say it in my book, I'm not apologizing. I copied as much from her as I could. Yeah. And yeah. why? Because my residents were the beneficiaries of that. You know, Mississauga was a really well-run city. And I'd like mm-hmm. to think so was Gloucester. And it's not just because of me, but it's because of people like Hazel McCallion, who was a a pioneer in so many ways. And I just followed her lead. And Mm -hmm. and children should be taught not to to intimidate them, 
But, you know, you, you talk to kids and they love Barbie or they love uh, Taylor Swift or they love grandma and grandpa, you know, and they, they should learn. They can learn a lot of stuff and they should try and emulate them, copy them. And that mm-hmm. will help them throughout their lives. That is great, especially if the children just love to play pretend. So it's just yeah, to yeah. Take, take out the best traits of somebody and, yeah. and make it your own. I like that. Yeah. It's Put really on nice. the Superman cape and uh, yeah. <laughs> do your do thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And adults should do the same. We should have yeah, a treat. That's right. <laughs> we could learn from that for sure. <laughs> that's right. We, sometimes we just need to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> so that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Uh, and yeah, it's something that's important to learn early so they're not struggling as much later on. So that's, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, <laughs> is there something, I'm going to put you on the spot for this one, but is there anything, because you shared so much and I've already learned some about you that I didn't know about already, but is there anything that you like to share that no one really knows about you? It could be something completely off topic a hobby you like or something a talent that you have that nobody knows <laughs> no um, as I as I mentioned at the beginning I was uh, the oldest of seven mm-hmm. and my, my parents had um, a restaurant in Pembroke at, at first and yeah. then in Ottawa and so I was responsible for helping them with their breakfasts, making their lunches, um, getting them ready for bed, getting their clothes. So I was like in a caretaker role all my life. Mm -hmm. And and, um, sometimes that can be good and sometimes it can be bad, right? You get codependent. You think you can solve everybody else's problems. And I found myself in that situation more than once. Um, And now I'm... I can sit back and not try and take over the world. And, uh, <laughs> but what happened was my dad passed away and my mom came and lived with us, mm. built her an apartment in our house. And I became her little girl. Oh, I was no longer the caretaker. I was no longer the one who helped make lunches and clothes washing and all of that. I would right. come home from work and my mom would be waiting for me with a oh, cup wow. of tea and a piece of cake. And she'd <laughs> say, do you want to to rub your back, honey? You oh. Know, day oh, that's amazing. It is, it is. It is a privilege and an honor that I got to receive. Yeah. Um, that otherwise, uh, you know, I'd, I'd still be the caretaker of the world and trying to solve everybody else's problems. And here she was looking after me. And I'd bring her with me to all these public events that I'd go to, you know, and I was so proud mm-hmm. to show my mom. And she was so proud of me. It was like a mutual admiration society. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's what was really nice, that I could become her little girl again instead of the oldest Oh, wow. I love that. that. (laughs) What a beautiful gift, though, for both of you, both your mother and and, and yourself. Wow, that is beautiful. (laughs) People say, oh, you're a strong, you're strong and you you can Mm -hmm. get through things. But what a lot of people don't realize, that strong women, strong people still need a hug once in a while. Yeah. 
absolutely a pat on the back and and um just just some empathy from people but I'm a hugger and I you know sometimes I'm waiting like is anybody gonna hug me here (laughs) (laughs) but you can't really just yell it out there's somebody hug me we'll do that (laughs) oh that's amazing I love that story that gave me goosebumps actually it's really nice Um, I gotta throw back uh, with some because uh, we mentioned about you know what do you think children should learn earlier, but is there any advice that you wish you would have had sooner uh, just to make things easier for you? Yeah, um, I think first most important or one of the most important was to check in um, frequently with yourself to make sure that you're doing um, things in your career, in your personal relationships, um, in your family, your friends, even strangers, that you're helping others. There's nothing that makes you feel better and develops your attitude of gratitude mm-hmm. than helping others. And it, and it helps your integrity stay in check. So that's that's one of the most important pieces of advice I can give is don't just assume, go through life assuming that I'm helping people and and you don't once in a while pause the train and, and look around you. And is what I'm doing still relevant that I did five years ago? Is there are there right. needs? Are there more needs? Are there um, is the coworker over here who's getting trained and going bananas because they they don't understand everything that you do about the job? Have I helped that person? You know, that wasn't on my list five years ago because I wasn't doing that kind of thing. So I think that's yeah. when it's very important to keep a check on on how you're helping. And one of them you mentioned a while ago about taking yourself too seriously. I, I've got a short little story if we have time, but I, I used to take myself pretty seriously. Like, yeah, I'm only four feet nothing, but I was the mayor and I thought, hmm, that's pretty good. And I thought if I left Gloucester, we got a cottage. So, but I thought if we left, if I left Gloucester for a weekend, the place would fall apart without me. <laughs> And I thought, like, I just can't go. And my assistant was saying, just go and relax. Go and have fun. So the first time I went, I brought my briefcase and my laptop and everything I could possibly think I might need on that weekend. And um, it wasn't too long that I wasn't even opening my laptop. I didn't look at my briefcase. And then after a while, I just left it in the car. Nice. I didn't even open it. And you know what? Nothing happened to Gloucester. (laughs) What the hell's going on here? (laughs) And then I wouldn't even put my stuff in the car. Friday night, (laughs) I'm out of here, man. And (laughs) Gloucester was fine. It lived for 150 years. (laughs) It did very well without me. Thank you very much. And uh, (laughs) that's that's taking yourself very seriously. And so what got me rid of that 
was when I left politics and I went into the media. Mm -hmm. And here I am on my own television show and my own radio show. People can put you in their place pretty quick and make oh, you yeah. realize that uh, I'm not such a high mucky muck that I thought I was here. And, <laughs> and they can make you laugh and help you make uh, fun of yourself. And I learned to do that, to make fun of myself when I had that three-year gig in the media. It was fantastic. And um, so that that's really one piece of, another piece of advice is don't take yourself too seriously. There's yeah. only one God and it's not me. Yeah. And there's only one judge and it's not me. So, you know, take take a little bit off your shoulders of that high mucky muck stuff and uh, we'll be fine. Yeah. And I think... Um, People have to dare to dream, dare to um, take risks and take chances and and then go for it. You don't need to know how it's going to happen. You just know it's going to happen and things will progress. You know, we say progress yeah. rather than perfection. And unless we 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 dare to first start dreaming it and put it in our mindset you know, believing in yourself is magical. It's really mm -hmm. magical. So you got to start with that and you got to be passionate. If you don't have fire in your belly about what you want to do, go yeah. away. It's not going to work. You know, you got to love what you're doing. And even when I go do the groceries, you know, and the cashier doesn't say hi, <laughs> doesn't even look at you, like... You don't like your job, quit it. That's my yeah. boss. You know, do what you like to do in life because life is so short. And and do what matters to you and, and you know that it matters to others. And then I guess the last piece of advice is you better have a good self-care routine. Because if you're not healthy, if you're not peaceful, if you're not serene, if you're not calm, then you're not going to help anybody else. I learned that the hard way. And um, we count, if we are humble and we count our blessings on a daily basis, then we'll be in a position to be able to help others. Otherwise, it's yeah. it'll be a, a miss and a fluke here and there. But um, when you really want to help somebody, when you really want to make a difference, you have to have those things in place. <laughs> so that's my advice. <laughs> Those are great. Those are, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I love that one where you just, like, just do it, you know, get it done, have a dream, yeah. have a passion about it. And I love that. And that's actually um, Jerry uh, had gotten that in my head in his own way to say, you know, get it done and then get it right. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. Just do it. If that's the, that's the fire you have in your belly. Just, just belt it out and, and get it done. And you'll get it right later. <laughs> and right. I love that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it took the pressure off a little bit. It just like, it sure does. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Now, um, what are you working on now? What's 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 new? Oh. What's coming up? <laughs> Is there anything well, new coming up for you? Well, I'm 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 public speaking when the opportunity arises. I I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with individuals, and I don't take a whole lot of people on because um Number one, I don't have the time. And number two, um, the more people you have, the less time you have to spend with them. And I, I don't want to do yeah. that. I want to give you your full, my full attention. And um, it, it's 
the the coaching I do is on mostly on careers, um, on leadership, on how to get yourself elected, um, and how to live your best life. That that's you know in a in a nutshell what I what I spend my time doing. I've been doing some radio work on the Sam LaPrade show and and having fun with that again. And um, yeah. I, I like to, uh, you know, I like to stir the pot a little bit. And yeah, of course. <laughs> it's I, fun. You have to. <laughs> and it's another way of not taking yourself too seriously, right? Getting, right. Uh, getting the belly laughs and so on. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is spending a lot of time with my grandkids, which... Um, is the best job in the world, best oh. job in the world, and um, and I have um, something that I'm doing with my book. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, actually, then, ladies, yeah. take your place, and it's leave your mark professionally, politically, and personally, and it retails for thirty two dollars. Uh, plus shipping and and handling and plus tax. But what I've done is um, the proceeds of my book are going to the Royal Ottawa. (laughs) Why? For mental health, right? Mental health research. Because I can relate so much to what, and the Royal does amazing, amazing work. And so the books that I have left have all been sold. They've been mm. sold by generous people who have purchased maybe a hundred books here and two hundred books there, and they didn't want all those books. They they just wanted to support my cause, for to help the royal right. So what I've done with those books that have already been sold is um, I've, I'm offering it the book and sh- tax and shipping and handling for twenty dollars. And the oh. proceeds will go to the Royal. And along with that, a free 30-minute coaching call, just a yak, just to find out where they're at. Or maybe somebody has a specific question about how to get elected or um, what does it mean to be, uh, how do you get to be a CEO? And, you know, whatever mm-hmm. question they might have, um, it would give me pleasure to um, to talk with somebody for 30 minutes about uh, whatever it is that's on their mind. And um, so that's what I'm doing. $20 and um, they just need to email me at uh, ladies take your place uh, at gmail.com and okay. uh, and uh, send me any transfer and the book is gone and the, the royal is the benefactors of those. Oh, so that's, uh, that's what I've been doing and um, people are enjoying it. That's great. And I will add that uh, email address so that they, anybody who's interested can contact you. I'll add that to the description in the comments so they can reach you. I think that's amazing. And that is uh, a very generous gift to be able to uh, give back like that is amazing. Well, I've been blessed. So yeah, it's time to give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I asked this question, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to explain it to you, but this is a question that a little girl had asked me when she was doing interviews for a school project. And uh, she kept asking this one question, but the adults weren't giving her the answer. She would get frustrated and her mom was saying, just stop asking. And she's, she's like, no, somebody's going to get it. So she asked me and I, I answered right away. And she turned around and her mom and she was, see, I told you somebody would get it. <laughs> so I promised her, I told her, I love that question so much for adults that I, 
I promised her I would ask everybody I interview. So this is the question is, what would you like to be when you grow up? <laughs> oh, well, you know, when I was 12 or 13, I wanted to be a nun. Oh, wow. And uh, leave it to Claudette. <laughs> when I said, en emulate your heroes and emulate, uh, you know, people. Oh. Well, I had a I had a whole nun's habit. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I had an aunt who was a nun and she gave me all this stuff. And my mom bought me those, you know, we used to call them nun shoes. Yes. Black with the heel and the laces yeah. and all that. And I had a veil and a skirt. Wow. And I used to walk down the street dressed up as a nun. I thought I was smart, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so that was my first wanting to be when I grow up. And yeah. now, you know, if I was truly honest, there's only two things I want to do is I want to be the best grandma possible. And I want to help anyone be the best version of themselves. They can make a dramatic difference in their life and in the lives of others. And that's what I'm hoping to, to, uh, that I'm doing with the work that I do is help others make a, a difference in their life and a dramatic difference in others' lives. They don't have to be that's a nun. No. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I just love that question because it gives so many different yes. answers. It just yes. opens up everything. So I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, how can people reach you? You mentioned your email already, and I will add that to the description. But uh, any, you know, how can we reach you, follow you, and see what you're, well, what you're all about? Of course, under okay. uh, my name, and then Kane Coolest Communications. Um, okay. And the ladies take your place, and I'd be more than I'd be honored actually to to um, send my book to anyone who wants it. And yeah. as long as they just remember that what they're doing is helping um, further the awareness of mental health and help yeah. with the research, there's still so much. There's not enough money to go around, right? And. The government, um, they they have worked wonders. Because when I was a little girl, you drove by the, the Royal Ottawa Hospital, you didn't look at it. You know, it That's was right. a hush-hush. But today, yeah. it is a multifaceted, multifaceted hospital um, with inpatients and outpatients and courses and research. It is, at, we're so lucky so blessed to have it in Ottawa, in the nation's capital, but their catchment area is much larger. And so we're blessed that it exists. Mm -hmm. And yes, and supporting that allows to help more, even more people to, yeah. to get out of that. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. I'll, I'll be sure to uh, put all that information in the description. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claudette. I could talk to you all day, honestly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Which is keep going but uh well, we do have to go but thank you again and you. Uh, definitely we'll pass the word out there for your book and anybody who knows if it's not yourself uh, experiencing it personally but if you know somebody who's uh you know struggling or a child or anything they definitely you know there's so much that you could do to help with that uh yeah reach yeah, out, reach out. And Give that your hand, the olive branch, just to make them feel. And it doesn't yeah. have to be a child. It can yes, be sir. an adult. It can, it can be, be an adult as well. Yeah.
Yeah. yeah. And uh, just to let them feel heard and, and not feel yeah. alone. And yeah, so That's absolutely. Yeah. Thank you again very oh, much. Thank you. It was I so will... much fun. It was it fun was talking with fun. you, Danielle. And, and you're doing amazing work with children. And I, I can only thank say um, kudos to you. And um, I wish you only good things in, uh, in your future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's a whole other world, but it's a fun world for me. <laughs> it's wonderful. Thank you so for everybody who is uh, watching or listening. Uh, be, be sure to follow Claudette. Make sure you get that book uh, to uh, not only help yourself, but to help so many other people in the process. And until, don't forget again, still like, follow, and subscribe. And until next time, stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll talk soon. Yes. <laughs>